I am Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in a podcast, podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. How are you, Del Berto? Stephanie, I am doing really well because we're parents now and oh, yes. I feel like we're pretty good parents and but I I I have some new information that I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information oh, okay. about parent so as you know um, and as our dear listeners know we have a five-month-old her name is Carly she's very wonderful she has two little teeth chubby as can be she I was just notified is the uh, for her her school her little preschool student of the month it's true for the she month is. of se- september month of september student of the month i don't know I, they probably do it historically not thinking forward oh it's but, august because anyway. they don't the next two weeks you could totally just like i know crap the bed and just That's be worthless true. so let's say august she was the august student of the month i don't know what a little baby does to get student of the month um besides be adorable grow some teeth she did survive a cold <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with, I'm realizing, we're those parents that are really involved. Yeah. And I think, like, to an embarrassing degree, not helicopter parents, but they had, like, Patriot's Day for September 11th, and we dressed her up, and they had bring in a book day, and we brought a book, and then there was grandparents' mm-hmm. day. and She's never out of diapers. She always has a change of clothes. I think we're just... But that's saying, I, th- I think that maybe... This is really an award for us. Like we talked a few weeks ago, kids' parties are for their parents. Yes. But I'm wondering, what do they do at this school where she is just academically superior to basically everyone around her? And I just don't know what to do with that. Like, I I was okay at school, but she's already surpassing me. If we look at it at like a, a pacing. I know. She is pacing Award, further. Awards achieved by I don't, six months. I don't think I received any academic awards until I was at least in college. I got student of the month in first grade mm-hmm. because I picked up Rodney's jacket when someone threw it on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I remember why. I, I So I got a soccer trophy. And this is before. Before they gave every kid trophies. Um, I we were undefeated. We were the Gray Tigers in this five-year-old soccer league. Every team was named the Tigers, and then it was just the prefix of it was whatever color your shirts was. So we were the Gray Tigers, and there we played such teams as the Orange Tigers and the Blue Tigers. But that was a good trophy. And but I, she is. You know that naming convention was because some parent got mad about it. <laughs> it's like, well, we want to be the Cobras too. Well, fine, we're all Tigers. That's it. So you didn't have participation trophies, but you had the equivalent in your naming. We did. The equivalent in naming. And so maybe that's just been yeah, a thing. People say snowflakes are a new thing, but those names are telling me it's been around it's for been a It's been around for a long time. But all I'm saying is that, what, like, do I expect great things? I don't know if I can handle parenting. What is the equivalent of a baby genius slash boss baby? Ugh, I just I can't feel do bad it. for any other kids we have. I'm like, this is way too much pressure. Like, she's already better than you're seven months old, and you don't have student of the war, a student of the month. Well, Carly well, had it at six months. Well, Carly over here, uh, uh, but now she has to keep it up. That's a lot of pressure for a baby. Let's just not be like, you know what? This is the only word you ever get. There you go. That's good there enough for go. me. Just don't be a jerk what to if, people. Or what if we just never tell her? 
I was thinking of hanging it up in a robe. So. <laughs> Which is the opposite. So um, this is Two Peas in a Podcast. It's a relationship show from two people that like each other very, very much. The first part of the show is P's and Q's, where we take a question from our pod squad and talk about it. And then the second part is the split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. Yeah, so we love the headlines, we love the news, we love all of the uh, cool things that are happening in the world today, and we want to know what's happening in your life. So for my part of the show, the P's and Q's, we take questions from the listeners, like Stephanie said, and I read them, and I'm going to do that right now. But before I do, if you'd like to send us a question, you can do that at contactppodcast at gmail.com and uh, write up your little question, or big question, or medium-sized question. We don't discriminate on question size. Send it our way. We'll talk about it on the show. You can decide to withhold your name or not. It's all private, but we'll have a fun time, and maybe we'll all learn something. We'll all learn something. And while you're online, go to wherever you download your favorite podcasts and add them to your feed, whether it's through Apple, whether it's through Google, or any number of podcatchers out there. Go to Two Peas in a Podcast for the cute one with a little heart in the microphone and uh, subscribe give us some ratings and reviews tell us tell us about your what no tell your friends about us and that would be super wonderful so this time instead of reading a question from our gmail we have a special question so very special. a very special edition this is like full house with the sugar pills Okay, Saved by the Bell with the sugar pills. Let's not go off on a tangent. Keep going. (laughs) And so we have a spare room that we've been, we rent out. There's a local, there's a university close to where we live and we rent out our room to uh, university students. And we had a a student this summer and last summer and and we have a student living with us this, this fall. And it's, it's been, it's good. I think it's been good. And being new parents, we were a little, you know, kind of figuring out like, how is this going to work? But it's, it's going well, and the student, his name's John, he asked us, what's the hardest part about being a new parent? <sighs> and uh, I think we did, we did talk about this a little bit with him, but we've had a few moments and days to, to ruminate on it, and I'm just wondering if there's any other insights. And I thought it was a good question, and for me, I feel like this isn't the meat of what I'm going to say, but I do feel like it has impacted our relationship a bit so I do feel that this is a proper topic for the show and I think it's something that we can I think we can get some some good content out of this question yeah I think so and when he asked the question I think I was headed to work or I was going to a place where I didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it Mm -hmm. and so I feel like it's such a big question that we both took a few days to think about it and I think the answer is important because it impacts our relationship how we parent it impacts a lot. And I think it's also a good question because I think it's good for other people to think about. Well, yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, other folks listening either have had kids or know people who have kids and have, have seen this transition in their own lives. And, you know, we I think one thing that we do is, you know, sh- by sharing our stories, hopefully it helps other people with their own stories. So I think wherever you are um, out there listening, you know, hopefully this can inspire some uh, – some cool, thoughtful moments. Oh, this in your is getting life. way too soft and gushy. Okay, go. <laughs> tell, tell me, honey. Okay, so no more soft. Not and to gushy. be a negative, like jerk. You don't need to get like awful. But okay, okay, what's the hardest part about being a new parent? Okay, I think the hardest part about being a new parent for me was that things didn't really change, but everything was different. 
Oh. Like, we're still married. Yes. We The house is the same. Yes. Our job is the same. Well, Our, anyway. Well, you work still work where you work. Yes. Everything is the same, but everything is totally different. Like, it's almost like I'm married to a different person, but not in a bad way. In just a different way. Like, you have a baby, and you carried this baby for nine months, and that was different. And there were hormones, and there were everything. And then we had a baby, and there was no sleep, and there were still hormones, and then there was breastfeeding, and then there's everything changes. But then we still have to do everything else the same. And so relearning how to do this relationship, uh, you're my best friend, you are my lover, you are my wife, and figuring out a way to do that when we are basically different people now that we've had a kid. Like, that's, that's been really hard. I like how you put that. Thank you. How it's the same but different. Because you're right. We do have, we still have to cook. We still have laundry. There's a lot of things that are similar. But we now have this third person. Mm -hmm. So how we do things is different. Right. And, you know, we've spent the last, you know, six or seven years getting to know each other and being together and being friends and dating and marriage and life. And now we have a baby. And your schedule's different. And everything's, like I said, everything is totally different. And I don't even know how to explain this the best way, but just like. Well, I know what you mean, because my schedule went from I'd get up really slowly, mm-hmm. maybe be a few minutes late to work, work, then I'd work out, then we'd watch TV and eat dinner and go to bed. Right. I think the, the hardest part about that is you are someone that I'm very familiar with and very comfortable with. But everything that we've done has to change. So we're trying to keep that same level of like growth in our relationship, but in a totally different context, like overnight. Yeah, I feel like we're relearning what it is to be married, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yeah, we're relearning what it is to be married. We're relearning what it is to date each other, to talk to each other, to sleep next to each other. Oh, yeah. Everything is different. Like you were never a good up in the morning person. And now you're like up, up and, and now, out. Now I'm up at five in the morning. Every day. Pumping. And you're just... You're just, you're crushing it. And, and I feel like we've both really grown and I've grown in ways that I wouldn't have before. But that's been really hard of just realizing your whole life goes upside down and everything is totally different. We are in the upside down. And you, we are in yeah, the I mean, upside that's down. that's fair. Like, you know, a positive upside down. It's like the upside down in Stranger Things, but with babies instead of terrible monsters. And it's actually not that bad. That's the best way to describe it. That's fair. So that was the hardest thing for me. It was just kind of relearning something that we've got so solid in and we had such a good groove and that that all was a shambles <laughs> that was mine so what, what about yours stephanie i think the hardest part for me has been communicating what i need because what i need is so different and i can no longer be as independent as i once was Ooh. and thrive as a human being yeah because after i gave birth i had some i threw out my back Mm -hmm. and so for five weeks i had to ask you or my mom to basically do everything for me correct and then i was on maternity leave there's just a lot and now i'm back at work and breastfeeding and working and what I need now is just different than what it was. And so 
I am just struggling with figuring out how to communicate to you what I need from you as my husband Mm -hmm. and what I need you to do as a father. Mm -hmm. And like it all changes so quickly that what I need and how to communicate that hasn't caught up with where we are. Right. I I agree with that. I see that. And it's hard because a lot of the stuff that you went through, I think I'm a good husband and I felt like I tried to be empathetic, but there's still a level of like, pain and trauma and emotion that women go through in childbirth that I that you you're trying to communicate something that's almost non-communicable I do I don't like to create gender or sex divides however I do feel like giving birth is an experience that I tried to discuss with you Mm -hmm. more and there was just a point where I found like discussing it with my girlfriends I found to be more fruitful and I don't think that's a bad thing, uh, but you still helped me through it. But the way you helped me was different than how my girlfriend yeah, can talk to me. The only context that I had besides seeing you in pain and seeing you kind of deal with everything is just being this like, I'm husband. All I can do is take care of her. That's all I can do. Yeah. I, I can't even fully empathize with you. I can try, but all I can do is make sure that if you need something, I can get it for you and just be there for you. And I also think, to your point, stuff did, like, a lot changed quickly. And mm-hmm. once we found one pattern, it changed really quickly again. And so... And it's a, it's a long process because yeah. it's like you get you find out, we find out we're pregnant. And then things start changing, like, slowly. And then they go really fast because of hormones. And then they go back. And then it's kind of like progress, 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 progress. Physically, everything. And then baby. And then it's like, Ugh. so it's, it's a it's a journey for sure. It's like one of those bachelor journeys. Yeah. <laughs> You're just over the mushy stuff. I'm just over the bachelor lately, but I don't want to get into it. Oh, that's Ugh, next next so week's episode. The downfall of the bachelor. Very sad. Love Island <sighs> is king of that's all true. shows. Um, but yeah, oh, that was that was really good. So that's a, good that's insight, what I Stephanie. have. But we're working on it. It's not. Things aren't bad. Things but are I'd really be, good. I'd be interested to hear what other people say. I think mm-hmm. part of it probably. There's a lot of factors that could influence stuff, but that's yeah. what we got. That's what we got. For me, it was the adjustment of relearning how to be a good husband, friend in this relationship. That's not the same relationship I started in. And for you, Stephanie, it would be the communicating of what you, your of your needs. I'm just kind of figuring out what that is. And those are really, those are both really difficult. Was I, did I do a great summary? You did a great job. Oh, thank you. Affirmation that I need and love and crave. Thank you. So if you would like to share your uh, story about being a parent and what the hardest part was for you and how you kind of went through that and processed that, we'd love to hear it. If you want to send us something longer form and email, you can do that at contactppodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd just like to share a quick little snippet below uh, wherever this is shared on Facebook, SoundCloud, or, or whatnot, please do so. We'd love to see that and share that and just kind of say like, hey, having a kid, going through stressful times, it's super difficult. It's very hard. And I said very hard. So you know what that means? The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. All right, Stephanie. I saw some notes and it looked like a listicle of things. It is a listicle. Woo! I love me a listicle. Who doesn't like a good listicle? The listicle mafia hates listicles. We don't like them. I'll make a list of reasons why. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
that was a, that was a good joke. That was a good one. I tried. Good job, babe. So we were talking about parenting, so I thought I'd find an article to run adjacent to that. Mm. This is called Five Things Parents Do That Could Have Serious Consequences and What to Do Instead. Ooh. And it's from HealthyWay.com, and it was published in November of 2017. So I'm guessing because there's the instead in the way you said consequences, it means these are five things that are not great. Yeah, but I'm trying to, I'm not going to take this with the tone of, you suck as a parent, you're awful, because that's just, there's enough of that. Oh, yeah, a lot of parent judging. If you go online, any, oh, I hate how much parent shaming mm. there is. I just like to shame the people that shame parents. So I'm not, I'm not taking right. this with the tone of. Shame the shamers. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, our daughter is student of the month, so I do think that are at a level where we can no 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 (laughs) but i thought that these were interesting and might be helpful if it's something that you're thinking of or struggling with and i read this with the idea of like we haven't dealt with these issues yet so it's really easy for me to read it and be Mm -hmm. like i'll just do that but i'm reading this more if you're a new parent here's some things to think about if you're a parent and your kids are older these might be some helpful tips for you or it's just interesting or if you're a babysitter or an aunt or uncle or spend time with kids or a baby and you're like hey parent you're doing this and guess what that's going to turn me into a jerk yeah if you want to send your mom and dad proof of their uh ineffective parenting they would love that you'd be like mom i'm trying to help you (laughs) (laughs) so there's five of these but i'm gonna go with three of them Mm, a tease that being said, the one I'm not going to read about but is interesting, I'll just go over it quickly, your kid's backpack is probably overloaded. Really? Yeah, so that's some of the stuff that's in here. Little teaser. <laughs> that is, I never even thought of that. I know, right? What's in it? Books. To the reading. To, I don't know. They have anyway. Kindles. Every kid, it's all iPad school now, right? I don't know. Okay, well. So the first one is... That attempting to ease your kids' fears might inadvertently reinforce them. Oh. Yeah. So, if they're afraid of bees, pull one of those Oprah gifts out and be like, bees! You gotta be! You gotta be! So, kids are scared of lots of things. Bees. Yes. Or maybe they're not scared of anything. Maybe they have, like, it's more of like an existential fear of, like, the unknown. But let's say, Yes. (laughs) The horror of the unknown. Uh, So let's say your kid is afraid of something. I think a natural inclination that a lot of people do is... Face your fear! Try to remove the fear. Fear factor. No. Remove the fear. You're ruining this for me. I don't know. Okay. Remove the fear. (laughs) So if your kid is scared of the dark... Yes. A lot of people would... Nightlight. Nightlight. Glow Keep the worm. light on. Glowworm. Something. Okay. If kids are afraid of, what else are kids afraid of? I just think of the dark. Um, sharks. Sharks. Oh, honey, that's not a good one. Existential horror. So if your kid is afraid of something, something that you're not supposed to do is totally remove that fear from their life and mm. make sure that they avoid it. Oh, fear of strangers. Wait, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Strangers, Don't go with that one. Be afraid of every stranger. I'm struggling with good examples right now. Okay. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Oh, gosh. Is this going to be a horrible tangent? I no. need to eat soon. Vegetables. Okay. okay. Fear of vegetables. Kids hate That's vegetables. That's a good one. That's a good one. Good, good, good. Good, good. I t- Listen, I'm not only jokes, okay? 
<laughs> so if your kid has a fear of broccoli, the worst thing to do is to never have them touch vegetables again. Right. Let's well, say, like, oh, well, you don't like it, so you, you don't have to do that. Yes. Like, oh, you're afraid of, like, the monkey bars because I'm not good at there, that. There, you're, you're, you're on a roll. Listen, I'm a child at heart, so I have all these unreasonable fears. So I get it. I resonate with that. So if you were to make sure that you removed all of these fears, what you actually end up doing is making fears and phobias worse. Really? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. So you're not supposed to give in that much. Instead, what you're supposed to do if your kid is scared of something is gradually introduce them to that. But it, but not, I said before, face your fears. This isn't a, like, you hate spiders for no reason. Like, pit of spiders! spiders! <laughs> pit of spiders! Pit of spiders! Ah! Uh, yeah, not, not pit of spiders, but maybe like, hey, look at this cool spider. Let's, let's do research about it and learn yeah. about how the oh, daddy long legs idea. is kind and good for our environment. Exactly. Okay. Daddy long legs are the approachable way to get into spiders. Start, start with something with daddy long legs and then you can work up the creepy scale. Yes. Okay. I like this. It's like a pro- progression. Yes. Progression. Or vegetables. Start with a non-nasty vegetable. Start with like a sweet potato with stuff yes. on it. Yes. And then work your way to the gross stuff, like the... Uh, sweet potato leads to squash. Sweet potato leads to squash. Leads to Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Leads to a lifelong adventure of eating weird food. That's right. It's, that's the best track to go. It's true. All right. Very cool. What's number two? Number... The second one I'm going to talk about is never wake a sleeping baby. I've heard that. Like, never waking someone who's sleepwalking. Because they, they might murder you. <laughs> Not the same with a baby. So, I don't know. I don't know. The old adage is never wake a sleeping baby. Okay. Or a sleepwalker, apparently, <laughs> for different reasons. Uh, but they actually have done some research and found that if you just let a baby sleep all the time whenever they want, it can lead to really bad sleep habits in the future. They become very slothful. Well, what can happen is if you let a baby sleep for three hours between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m., they won't sleep at night. Right. And then if they won't sleep at night, it ends up creating fragmented sleep patterns. Ooh. Yeah. And then they become grumpy. Yeah. Or by age, by a certain age, they just don't have good sleep patterns set up for them. And then, you know, not having good sleep leads like, to other issues. Like practice. Like when they're, they're learning how to talk, they're learning how to run and walk. And it's, yeah. sleeping is like a learned thing. Yeah. Okay. Because oh, people, you know, a lot of people want, I get it. Waking up a baby that's sleeping Especially feels Especially if they cry a lot. Yes. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. not an easy task. You feel a certain amount of guilt. However, by the article said that by... Or dread. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah both of those things are true. Uh, by Between ages three, three to six months, babies should be getting most of their sleep at night. Hmm. And so that they, you should start shifting away from sleeping a lot during the day, and kids should be sleeping more at night. Okay. I like that. That uh, seems like a not as an easy fix, but that sounds like a good one. Yes. All right. So, it made me feel a little bit better because, like, I started waking up Carly, and I, w- I saw these Facebook posts that are like, never wake a sleeping baby. And I was like, I'm going to do it because mom has got to sleep at night. i got to work in the morning. And, hey, it's working. I know. It's working. She was student of the month. She was student of the month. Mostly because they, they said when you put her down for a nap, she just falls asleep like a log. Uh, we probably have a little bit of luck there, but at any rate. Yeah. 
Um, then the last one we're going to talk about is Delbert. Did you know we live in an age of computers? Um, I knew there's the Iron Age, and then there's the Age of Future Past, which is X Men. Age of Aquarius. I think it's the dawning. Bronze Age. Bronze. What? And then Computer Age is now. So the fourth thing that could be an issue is introducing kids to computers without setting firm rules that can cause some issues. Oh, so a computer, like you mean to tell me, like a stove or a faucet of water or a toilet. These things have rules that should be taken. I like how those things are all on an equal playing field. (laughs) I feel like when you're a kid, everything's equal playing field. That's true. Don't stick your hand in the fire. Don't stick your hand in the toilet. Just don't touch anything. What's the difference? Wrap yourself in some bubble wrap. No, no, no. Uh, So I think it can be really easy or tempting to give your kid a computer or a tablet because you've been working all day. You're really tired. And kids, when they get on devices are very calm and very happy. And is this going to be one of those kids these days with their computers? They need to go outside and no bike helmets. It's not one of those things, is it? No. Okay, cuz I, I, like I see a lot of I see a lot of old people on on Facebook being like, "When I was your age, I broke all of my arms all the time." This is coming at it more from a medical standpoint. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this one uh the Harvard School of Health. Hmm. They Sounds found that um, if you have kids on technology too long, that can end up causing sleep issues. Ooh. One of the sleep issues is um, one related to having too much blue spectrum light, which is the light that's emitted by devices. And if you end up having too much blue spectrum light, that can end up raising your risk for things like, oh. Obesity, diabetes, and then other disorders. Light can do that? Well, it's that exposure to that for a prolonged amount of time. Okay. Because I know that, like, my phone and phones more recently, they've had the, like, the, the dimming screen yeah. function at night. But even that, like, I can tell if I turn that on or off for some reason at, in the dark, it blows my brains out because it's just so, it's the so blue light bright. is so crazy. Um, I've noticed that since the, the dimming thing has become more popular. Uh, but even the dim light is still kind of harsh on my brain. And I can tell that I do sleep better when I'm kind of like low down on my phone, like put it away like earlier in the night. Well, let's talk about like, I don't know, coming from a statistics background, the causal mechanism I'm thinking that's actually behind this is if you are someone who has that device all the time or you're someone who's being allowed to have that device all the time you're probably someone who also doesn't have choices and boundaries around things like your diet Mm. um not that those two are always one-to-one or correlated but i think what's actually there is probably something around a locus of control and not like like the light is making your kidneys crazy it does mess up with your sleep yes and your brain well but it doesn't it doesn't like that's not what's making you obese Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think there's more behind that. Like what it's actually measuring is something else, but I don't have the data. It kind of reminds me of like cigarettes or other things that are habitual that like we've cut down on like in our culture, cigarettes. Yeah. Like, no cigarettes. It's all the anti-cigarettes campaign. And then over time, it's gone down and people have become more healthy. That's true. Because or not they've become more healthy. I think that's a little different though cuz cigarettes are carcinogenic and you are inhaling a smoke into your lungs. Right, but at the same time if you start smoking cigarettes when you're 4 
or start, you know, the blue screen at like one month old, it's probably not going to benefit you in the long run. Well, I think what you're talking about or what you're really asking is, is there some type of physical detriment to just looking at a blue screen all the time? Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. <laughs> okay, but that's a different thing. Though that's also part of this article. Oh, okay. So research has found, and it's not totally pinpointed, but there's been an increase in myopia, which is nearsightedness. I only know that word from watching old timey movies, where it meant that someone was kind of stupid. <laughs> really, myopic? Myopic, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because you're nearsighted, you can't. But I guess that's why it says that. But when you whenever when you said that, word, well, I don't I know. Like, well, I guess I don't know which one it's referring to now. Oh, oh. Zing, bazinga! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's been an increase in that, and they think it could be related to people holding a device so close to their face. Hmm. That's wild. So that's probably the closest one-to-one thing that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that you... So so limiting that as a parent oh, yes. is a good idea. Uh, so you've probably heard of these people before, but it's the ooh, I wanna, the American Academy of Pediatrics. They make a lot of recommendations for babies, um, but they recommend that for kids ages two to five, you let them have screen time an hour a day. Yeah, and I, I like the idea that we live in a world where you can't really function with it. I know you need to have computers and, and technology. And like totally withholding that basically would be really hindering. I know, like kids need to know how to use computers nowadays. Right, and but, but like, I don't know, whatever else, like managing it in an appropriate way where they're learning boundaries, where they're yep, learning having some balance. That's how they're kind of suggesting us to go about it. Yes, like food or something else. Exactly. And so they say that parents should set expectations and boundaries for what your kids do with media and make sure that it's a positive one. So whatever they're consuming, you do want to make sure that it, they're not watching videos of people getting killed all day. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably a probably bad thing. Better. Probably better. Um, and after age five, you're supposed to kind of take into consideration like your kid, what your kid is like, what their lifestyle is like, what they're into and kind of use your best judgment from there. Very interesting. Yeah. And if I want to know the other, because then you said backpacks, but there's one more. Do you just want me to say it? No. I don't know. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, do it. There is a right and a wrong way to praise your child. What? I know. Saying you're Carly, student of the month. You're the best. Well, do you want me just to tell you now? Yeah. Now that we're on it? Well, I have a student of the month and I don't know how to praise her yet. Well, they found that certain types of praise can end up hurting your self-esteem. Really? Yes, it's true. And so according to a study that was in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, I kind of wanted to go into this study on another one, but I didn't have the time to. Next time. So they found that when you praise your children for their personal qualities, kids later on felt shame in their life. Hmm. Yes, I know, because then if they... Like those personal traits changed or they couldn't live up to that. They felt a certain sense of, you know, mm. I'm not good enough. So or that like, oh, like, oh, you're so kind, maybe. And then they feel that kindness is something that they have to be to be a good person. I think it's a little bit different than that. Like you're so tall. <laughs> like look Yeah, how tall something you like are. that. Like, wow, oh. you're so pretty. Oh, oh, OK. Yeah, you're so handsome. And I didn't fully read. I wanted to go and read that article so I could speak about it more in depth. Stephanie, next week. So, well, what? Okay. Do you want to do that? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Teaser. So I'll read it for next week. That's a great idea. That is a good idea. Well, a little. A little... In the interim, don't praise your child at all because you could be messing it up. <laughs> don't tell them how tall they are or how pretty they are or anything. Just give them a phone for an hour and then wake them up. <laughs> That's how you do a parent. No, Stephanie, thank you for sharing that. Now I'm super intrigued for next week's episode. You should be. I am. If you have an article that you'd like us to talk about, of listeners of ours, you can send that to us at contactppodcast at gmail.com, or you can drop us a line in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash ppodcast. You can find our show wherever fine podcasts are proliferated all across the internet, and we'd love it if you took a moment to give us a rating and a review. And I'd also like to give a shout out to, I think, our, our, our best fan ever, James. He basically, Every time we talk, every time we see James... He's always like, you said this on your podcast, and he makes jokes about our podcast all the time. He makes me feel good. It makes me feel like, like I'm really like one of like like a Ira Glass type, you know. He does podcast. Thou shalt not use Ira's name in vain. Ah. <laughs> I am not worthy to mention. Did I ever tell you that I thought Stephen? Did I ever tell you? Okay, so there's Stephen Inskeep. Yeah, from NPR. I thought his name was Stephen Skeep. Steven Skeep? So not Steve Inskeep, but Steven Skeep. So every time I heard his name, I'd be like, oh, Skeep, Skeep, Skeep. <laughs> Steven Skeep. But then I saw it written out, and I realized the error of my ways. It wasn't Inskeep? I thought it was Steve Inskeep. Yeah, that. Okay, okay. That's the best name. But wouldn't Steven Skeep? <laughs> oh, Skeep, 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 Skeep. Skeep? Oh, Skeep, Skeep. Okay, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> go on Facebook and look up everyone named Skeep. Invite them to our show. Um, and uh, <laughs> Steve Skeep. Uh, all right. Steve Inskeep, American journalist. Well, well, we'll leave you, to, we'll let you grow on that one over the week. But next week, we're going to talk about praising your children here on Two Peas in a Podcast. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other very, very much.